Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. I'm losing count nowadays, so I'm not able to give you the numbers as quickly, which is great. I also wanted to share another tidbit with you. Today is the 15th of August when I'm recording this, which is about a month since I started Plan B Success. I took about a week to record three episodes, and then after that week, I released it to the public. I'm pretty proud to say that in about three weeks, we garnered almost 500 downloads, which is great. This basically tells me that you're enjoying the content that I'm providing. So thank you very much for the listens and keep them going, keep them growing. Do subscribe, do comment, do leave a review in iTunes. That could be pretty useful in order to spread the word and get it out to many more people. Today, I'm going to go back to one of the topics that I have discussed on a previous episode, but I wanted to kind of extend upon what I discussed there, which is driving a team, which is running a team, leadership, and how teams and leaders work together. So today's episode is going to be about team camaraderie and how you as a leader can foster that and why it's not always about the mission. You know, we talk about all these big ideas where we say the organization is going in one direction, there's one mission, we got to rally the team around that mission, they got to do work that's larger than themselves and that's what keeps people going forward. To an extent, that's true. But it's not always true when you look at the intrinsic dynamics of any team. Any team is very closely knit at the most basic level, at the unit level. There's a leader, they're team members, and they're closely knit in terms of the work that they do, in terms of how they relate to each other, respond to each other every single day. There's a tight bond there that exists within that team. And then outside that team start coming up the other people or the other departments or the other units. So you have a team, and outside that is a larger team that encompasses it, which could be departmental. And outside that is a larger team that further encompasses it, which is interdepartmental. And outside that, there is further extension that goes into it, uh, the organizational size of it. So when we look at all of these, there's much more cohesion right at the very granular level, at the team level, and then it extends out further and it starts thinning down as it goes and extends into the further teams that are on the outside. And many a time what happens is because of all the interaction that goes on between different teams, different departments, there's always conflict that needs to be managed that comes in the way of that granular unit, that central unit of a team that works day in and day out and has relationships built much beyond the work level that actually benefit the work that's getting done. So there's a lot of conflict coming their way from all the other directions coming from all the other different departments and those need to be managed and that's the job of a leader in order to make sure that the right level of influence is set as far as these other external influences coming in into the team and what are the ramifications of that on the team. You know, are they influencing it positively or not? Or are those external influences being construed negatively? How to manage that? So there are so many things that go on besides the actual work that gets done within a team day in and day out. So fostering team camaraderie is no easy task for many the team leader-member relationship is that of someone who leads and directs and others who follow. You know, when you talk about a team leader and a member, that relationship, it's simple to say that one leads and directs and the others follow. Nothing can be farther from truth than that. You can argue that a good leader 
leads from the front. I told you about that old adage, is empathetic and so on and so forth. But that's not what I'm here to discuss today. I'm here to discuss how to invigorate, spread and share the same essence of doership and direction across the entire team to do one's best to ensure that each team member is touched by it and dwells in that spirit so that ultimately the whole team moves in one direction toward one mission. And this can extend from that granular unit of a team all the way across an organization. That's the stuff great teams and great organizations are made of. It takes them over and above individual needs and wants, the organization benefits, the organizational benefits and aspirations, and toward pure execution to attain a unified mission as one team. It's an experience par any for the proud members of that team which they cherish forever. And that's what good teams are made of. They need to be proud of the work that they do and they need to remember the work that they have done and they need to be able to reminisce very proudly whenever they think of the work and the accomplishments they achieved. Like I said, getting everyone on the team to think like one is not an easy task. Not easy, but definitely possible. While all individuals have different heart buttons that motivate them, and it's the job of the leader to ensure that they are being actively responded to, all these heart buttons are being taken care of, it's these individuals that come together as one team to act on that one unified objective. That's only possible when you're catering to the multidimensional, multidynamic individual needs of the team members as well. The leader and the team members have shared responsibility in helping each other align closer with the one mission that the organization has. And that comes about in several forms of interactions from group to individual settings like I just talked about. At the granular level, at the team leader member level, at the team leader team level, and then the external influences as that ripple effect, that circle keeps extending out to encompass the whole organization. Not everyone needs to see the big picture, but everyone does need to see the picture from where they stand within the organization and what they do and understand very clearly what their part is in fulfilling that big picture. At the same time, team dynamics play a very crucial part in how effectively a team performs. This is where the unique differentiation or the unique differentiator between various teams lies. Team dynamics is not strengthened just by focused concentration on the work at hand. It gets stronger and more effective when the team interacts socially and participates in activities besides work. Like I said, the actual formal nature of the work is one thing, but there's an informal relationship brewing within the team because they spend so much time together working together that they have a total different level of bonding altogether. And that needs to be nurtured to the benefit of the team, its members, as well as the organization. Now, when I say that the team needs to interact socially and participate in activities besides work, I'm not talking about just hitting the bar and sharing a few silly jokes. For some, that might work to an extent. I'm talking about doing things besides work that strengthen that bond that exists between them and fosters that mutual respect that the team members have for each other. And in fact, not just the mutual respect, but the awe that they have for each other for the skills that they bring to the table. This could mean sharing hobbies and other skills, connecting to discuss and act on social and volunteer projects, opening each other to new avenues and opportunities, thus fostering learning and cultivating new horizons for the team. Now, I'll give you a few examples. I happened to run a project pretty recently, which was a pretty large 
project where we were implementing a call center, 250 plus people. And we had a leadership team of about 10, 12 people that we had gathered. And we did it in a record time of about nine months, by the way. But while we were building that team, one of the things that we did was to ensure that the bonding that was going on between the leaders and the team members was really, really strong. We learned about each other very, very quickly. I can give you examples of people that I had not known a couple of weeks ago, but I knew them so well within the couple of weeks that they came on board. Some of them wanted to pursue master's degrees. I was able to actually refer a few of them to MBA courses that they wanted to do and that they had been planning to do for a long time. I referred them to a couple of free universities and two of them actually happened to join in and in fact they're doing their MBA right now. Now that's something to be immensely proud of. That was an ambition for them and we sought out a way of making it happen for them without really breaking the bank and without really causing any kind of flurry in their personal or professional lives. Now there were others who had some other ambitions too. And I can give you examples like that all day long of the people that I've worked with, but it's important to know what they aspire for. I brought in managers who were aspiring to get into director roles, and it was our job to work with them, to coach them, to guide them, and to make sure that they were successful. Unless as a team you come together to ensure that everybody is successful, unless the superiors watch out for the rank and file, or unless the supervisors watch out for their subordinates, and unless everybody is invested in each other's success, it's not a healthy environment. And that's why it's important to know your people more than the work that they do. Like I said, this could mean sharing hobbies, other skills, connecting to discuss and act on social and volunteer projects, opening each other to new avenues and opportunities, thus fostering that learning and cultivating new horizons for the team. This goes a long way in forming true friendships and bonds between teammates. It takes the relationship to that next level where they draw inspiration from each other. It helps members recognize new strengths and skills in each other, things that they would have been unaware of otherwise. Generally what happens is when you recognize these new skills, who knows, you might be able to use them in a totally different role than you hired them for and they might also be ambitious and want to get into a role that would bring them a better pay, more job satisfaction and maybe that's what they want to do. So that's the discoveries that happen when you start interacting with your people at a formal and an informal level. Now what happens with all this is not just drawing inspiration from each other, it also helps members recognize new strengths, like I said, and skills, and then allows them newfound respect for their peers. They start respecting each other a lot more. As a result, it shows on the quality of work that they do. All of this comes through eventually when the team acts as one and takes on a challenge head on in not just successful accomplishments, but accomplishments of a greater quality and higher caliber. This elevates their professional interactions to a totally new level, helps find better and more capable personalities amongst themselves, and most important of all, true happiness in what they do and who they want to work with every single day. All right, everyone, if you like what you hear, please make sure that you subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, like I said, and do leave a comment. Any topics that you'd like me to focus on, I'm happy to do that. I would like to get some feedback, some active feedback from you, the listeners, in terms of comments, reviews, what you liked, what you didn't like, things like those. That would be helpful. Thank you. Mm -hmm.